Hey guys, welcome back to a podcast. It is a dreary, ugly, freezing day, but we're here and we're ready to answer some questions. Hey everyone, you're listening to Taking Sides with the Dashleys, a show where couples send their funniest arguments or most divisive daily disagreements to us, the Dashleys. Everybody wants advice on their relationship issues, but it can be kind of risky to talk about them with your family and friends sometimes. Taking Sides is a new podcast where you can anonymously solicit feedback on your relationship issues directly from us, Dallin and Ashley, as well as from special guests from time to time. We'll give you our unqualified advice and our thoughts with the hope that it is somewhat insightful, maybe helpful, and definitely entertaining. So please send in your submissions to takingsideswiththedashleys at gmail.com and you will be in one of our next podcasts. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. As you can tell, Ash and I are two different people when it comes to the winter. I love the winter. I hate the heat. My body is so naturally hot and I just love winter so much. I've loved everything about it since growing up. I love the snowy mountains. I love snow-capped trees. I love everything about the winter and the snow. And it just hurts sometimes that Ashley hates it so much. But that's okay. As you say these things, I'm just like looking at Dallin with huge... I just don't understand. And I that's can't, okay. I can't think of anything I hate more than like today. I hate today so much. I wake up and look out the window and it's just like, if I went to hell, if I did enough terrible things in my life to be sent to hell, it would look like today. That is just such strong language that like I struggle not taking personally because I love winter so much. You guys have some strong present feelings too. And we're just getting more and more emails every day. Like they're coming in faster than we cover them in the podcast. We we want to get to as many as we can today. So let's dive into the first one, Ash, shall okay. we? All right. This is what this is called. What I would want to hear more about from Emily. She says, hello, Dashleys. My name is Emily and my boyfriend of four plus years. And I love listening to your podcast. Thanks, Emily. Uh, and listening to you talk about parenting and what you've learned. We are currently long distance. We are currently long distance during school year because we go to universities two hours away from each other. We are planning on getting married after college and having children. We love to hear about what you've learned in being a parent and different ways to manage your children. I know certain things because of the classes I'm taking to become a teacher, but as far as how you deal with certain situations on a day to day basis is fascinating to us. We would love more podcasts on this as well as a course. On different aspects of parenting you're all amazing and inspiring to be so open to the whole world thank you for everything you do emily so first off we literally as you speak just released a podcast on big little life the next two podcasts that's our first that's our other podcast like our personal podcast big little life. big little life with the dashleys um the first one that we released today is by a girl who i love she's on instagram her name is her instagram handle is xo lauren pace and she talked for over an hour with us on the podcast about it was supposed to be more than it was but it ended up being dallin and i asking her questions about our struggles as parents like when George does this, what do we do? And when James does this, what do we do? Because I think that's been our biggest issue with parenting, kind of feeling like we have, we don't know what to do and we don't know, we want to do it right. And we want to do it like ethically and with like, and, and feel good about what we're doing. And we just don't know what to do. We've kind of gone down this positive parenting road. And like when things happen, it's hard to know, like, where the line is between positive parenting and not positive parenting. 
and kind of like how to handle a situation and not be a passive parent, but still have like rules and, and just a, some authority in the house and just have like well-behaved children. And that's been our struggle. And she gave us some really, really great advice. Yeah. Um, as Ashley's talking, I was just thinking about like the difference between like the parent quote unquote doctrine of parenting versus like policy and procedure of parenting. Like Lauren said, you know, your kids better than anybody else. And you as the parent, like know what to do, but, and, but then but also, sometimes you don't. but then also there are like set, this is child development 101. This is how it works. This is the brain's development at this age. You should understand this. And this is where you should base your expectations on type things. So you should definitely learn those things together. And that will get rid of a lot of things like, like obviously spanking and corporal punishment is damaging, you know, and there are huge risks in doing that. And, but as far as like how to get rid of a pacifier when they're three, you know, it or like how to handle a tantrum, or how to handle a tantrum. There are like set thing, like don't giving, don't reward the tantrum. Don't like give attention, like to give it. attention to things you don't want to perpetuate things like that. But as far as like, you know, the hows and your is and, and working with your kids, personality the best that's kind of up to the parents so like learn those principles learn the quote-unquote doctrine of parenting by reading like uh scream free parenting or like um positive parenting and some other really good like books around uh parenting that have just come out recently and then take those pray together talk together and take those principles and apply them to your kids i'd say that that is what ashley and i have come to and it is helped immensely by learning the actual the principles the quote-unquote doctrine of child development yeah and then um working with you know professionals because they're out there lauren pace is one of them which she does one-on-one coaching and then adapt those to your specific kid with or without a coach coaches are awesome and you do what works like with what you think you need and that's what we've done essentially but we also came to a place where we were both on board with the philosophies we were both on board with what we wanted the end relationship between our child and us to be and what we wanted to like kind of help our child grow into like an emotionally aware and stable and, and well-behaved like member of society. But, but then when things like tantrums are happening and when things like disobedience are happening or defiance or all these things and you're in a moment, like you're at the store and you don't know what to do or you're at people like Lauren give really awesome, like, what to do in the situation to achieve the goals that you've decided you wanted. Yeah. So check out Lauren. Oh, the meaty stuff where you're like, okay, but like he won't stop the pacifier. And like when we take it away, it's, it's terrible and tragic. Like what, how can we help that transition be better? And, and she talked a lot about how he, he has like oral, he sues himself through the oral like sucking. Mm -hmm. So we need to like figure out ways to help him learn how to soothe himself in other ways and to give him options. And, and she gave a lot of really concrete things that we could start implementing immediately to help the transition be smoother on everyone. Yeah. So definitely go listen to that podcast. It's called, um, parenting expert answers all of our burning questions. It's the, it's one of the latest podcasts on big little life with the Dashleys. Just search that wherever you listen to podcasts and the link to that podcast is also in the show notes of this podcast yeah. and vice versa. And I think our game plan right now is just to kind of keep on moving forward. And if we have an issue that we're really having a trouble with, 
hire some hire Lauren. We'll just she does call-ins and you just call her and she talks to you about the situation and then just have her give us a little consultation every once in a while. We have another podcast coming up with Busy Toddler, that, Susie. Susie, and um also Ralphie Ralphie Jacobs. Yeah, in we March. have a lot of really good. So these look are the forward people to those podcasts too. Who I love, who I follow on Instagram, who have given me so many great like philosophical ideas, but also what I do in the moment ideas. So we're having them all on for mm-hmm. kind of like a parenting symposium, if yeah. you will. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the course. Um, we'll definitely cover uh, this in the in the marriage relationship course that we are in the works of creating. Uh-huh. But um, it's a, that's a good idea to have a whole nother course on like focused more on parenting versus like the, the marriage aspect of it or the yeah. relationship aspect of it. That'd be really cool to have all of our favorite people come on. And to create a course together. That mm-hmm. would be so amazing. Man, big, uh, big goals and hopes for the future in putting together like solid resources for you guys like that. Okay. Thanks, Emily. And good luck with your relationship, especially, man, with the with the distance there between colleges. That's hard. Yeah, that sucks. Dallin and I did long distance for a month and it was like the worst. Thing. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, we like fell asleep on the phone every night mm-hmm. and luckily we had unlimited minutes. Unlimited yeah. minutes became a thing. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, it was like on the line for eight hours and then woke up in the morning and whoever woke up first woke the other person up. That was fun. It was cute. Probably. It was as intimate as you could be before you're married. It was. And being and 2,000 miles away from each other. Mm-hmm. Let's have a quick word from our sponsors and then we'll be right back. Okay, Ash. Oh. Hold on. I just feel like our answer was pretty vague, but I don't know if we can get any more detailed without like actually making a course or having a whole podcast on this issue. I don't know. Kids are hard and parenting is hard and it takes a good six hours of sitting down and talking about all the different things. Mm-hmm. So know that we want to make a course about this and we're going to partner with experts and people that we really admire to do it. And that is one of our huge like goals on our vision board right now. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Ash, I know you're going to have something to say about this one. It's called a mother-in-law in the delivery room. Well, I mean, I can answer this right now like what the only person allowed in the delivery room was dallin and he wasn't allowed to leave my shoulder yeah so <sighs> all right I'm let's very, just read it and i don't think that's the only right answer that was just the right answer for me that and that's what the real right answer is the right answer is whatever the heck you want because it's your body you're giving birth to a human like coming out of you I don't, so like you make you call the shots and it does not matter literally what anybody else wants or thinks right. or cares. And I just didn't care because I knew I was so uncomfortable with what was happening to my body and just like the number of strangers who were present to that situation. However, I loved my nurses. They were great. It's just really nice because they're not like sneaking peeks because they want to see what's happening, which I feel like mother-in-laws would be doing. They're just doing their job right and it's no big deal to them and i at, at that point i don't know if i'm like ha, i'm becoming a more like elevated being and at that point i wasn't even comfortable you're already about as elevated as it gets no but like i told them to put the mirrors away like i didn't i didn't want to know what was going down and if i didn't want if i wasn't comfortable showing myself what was happening i didn't want other people to be and that's you some people are so chill about it and there's a beautiful natural process and they want everybody to be part of it so it's like it's whatever you want okay should we actually read what cassidy is going what's what's happening though 
Yep. All right. Hey, Dallin and Ashley. My name is Cassidy. And from previous podcasts, I think I have a pretty good idea on where you guys will stand on this issue. My husband and I are getting ready to have our second baby in July. Congratulations. We are so excited and agree on almost everything. Okay. The problem is he thinks I'm being a jerk about not wanting his family there during delivery or immediately after the baby is born. I mean, I would just say, let's invite my mom to your vasectomy and see how you feel. (laughs) Okay. Like, would you be comfortable with my mom watching you get a vasectomy? Just like right there next to the doctor. Right there being like, oh, what's that? What's happening there, doctor? And what's that one do? Oh, he snipped it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you can't. It doesn't matter if he if that's what he wants because it's it's like your moment. It's your body. It's his moment too, but the things are all happening to you. This is just such a unique situation which which spurs so many political I don't things think too. It's unique. Like I think where it happens every day where someone's like, I no, don't want to come. It's a, well, it does happen every day, but it is there's nothing else like one human having another human inside of them and the rights of both humans and the rights of other people because it's part of their family too. And it's like, it's like such a, such an emotionally filled, politically charged family tradition laden thing. I mean like my body, my choice. If it was your body, it would be your choice, but like it's my body. So it's my choice. Right. So, um, it's your body, your choice, Cassidy. Uh, so, and your husband, I, I also definitely get where he's coming from. Maybe Uh he has sisters or sister-in-laws who are more comfortable than you with family being there. And so that expectation has been set already. Or maybe uh, it's just family tradition or obviously it's a welcoming a new family member in. It's a beautiful thing. But But it's your body. You're the one that's naked there. You're the one that's having a human coming out of you it's a traumatic and, it and is beautiful a very traumatic situation and beautiful thing all wrapped up in one and you should definitely call the shots and they need to respect it respect it or take a step back and if they don't respect it the hospital respects you over anyone else and you can kick anyone out of that room because you're the patient the nurses would love to be the bad guy i mean but like you could even kick your husband out of the room because you're the patient like you literally call all the shots in that room so I mean, like you call the shots, Cassidy. Don't worry about other people's feelings. You're the one giving birth to a human. I just feel like it's your medical. And they will be able to see the baby soon after, as soon as you are ready. This is what she said happened with her the first time. She said, with my first son, I never stood up for myself and I allowed a lot to happen that I was not comfortable with. Mainly the number of visitors in our hospital room and the family that was in and out during the delivery process. I felt very embarrassed and exposed and it made my labor even more miserable. The things did not get better in our maternity suite as people continued to show up. I chose to breastfeed, which only made things more awkward as people were constantly in and out while the baby wanted to eat. Every time I had to pull a boob out in front of a member of his family, they acted very uncomfortable. So I would try to cover up, which only made things more difficult for me. Right. It's really hard learning to breastfeed with like trying to like, that's like, oh, I've had three babies and I can just do this with my eyes closed. That's not my first baby situation. Right. This time I only wanted my mom and husband there for the delivery and I want to I want limited visitors afterwards. She sounds just like you. To zero on the first day, maybe just his parents the second day. He thinks it's unfair that my parents will get to see the baby first. It's not. But I think since my body is the one on display, I should be the one making decisions about who is in the delivery room. What are your thoughts? If you just take it down to listen, the only people who I'm comfortable seeing me naked are you and my mom. Like no one thinks that's weird. Like it's your mom and it's your husband. 
like I don't feel comfortable with your grandma and your sister-in-law. That's what I was saying about pregnancy being such a unique thing where all of a sudden it's normal to see a lot of stuff and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's natural. But like, I don't want everyone party to that situation. I get where your husband is coming from, but this is just right. It's just like because it's his mom and he wants his mom to be there for him and you know? husbands like we although we participate very little in actually creating this baby we still like to feel like this is equally our experience you know right and like, your big and moment and but it's just your body and it's just not as the same for and you. so it's def it's it's not but we still have all the same feelings but it's just not our body that's being ripped apart to have a baby birthed from right. it all right, Ash, this next one is called We Love Sweets, Struggling Weight Loss Journey. Oh, I don't relate to that at all. <laughs> Just kidding. I totally do. Okay. It says, hey, Dash the fam, I love listening to your podcast on the way home after a long day at work. Thank you for always lifting me up. Well, thank you. Anyways, my fiance and I have been together for five years and engaged since October. We are very happy together and love each other very much. However, throughout our time together, my fiance has continued to, ex- to express his concern with his weight. We were both college athletes, and after we stopped playing, we both got lazy and stopped focusing on our health. I have since lost weight through meal planning and exercise, not as much as I should be doing, and he works out almost daily but could improve his nutrition. We have discussed several times in the past about how his health is important, especially since he has heart problems in his family. Plus, I want him to feel confident about himself. I try to help by cooking healthy dinners and lunches, but I know I can't be the one to change him or control the situation. We also go on a lot of dates out to eat, which doesn't help. What do you think is the best way to support him in his weight loss journey without taking away our date nights and occasional treats that we love so much? Sincerely, Anonymous. Well, I can tell you what my path and then Dallin can tell you his path. And I think that that's how it has to be because you can't control the other person. People hate being controlled, especially about things that they're emotionally uh, insecure about, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So I kind of think about health as a lifestyle. Because dieting sends me into this terrible spiral of restriction and self-hatred and like anxiety and starvation. So I don't go there anymore. So I try and think of it as a lifestyle and I think about my life and what I'm happy about with myself and what I love about myself. And then I think about what are the things that aren't making me happy. And for me, it was it was really hard for me because I have a lot of food sensitivities. My like stomach is kind of sensitive and it has a hard time with um, like milk and meat and greasy foods and chips. And I think a lot of people might have this, but I just get really bloated and sick and I have really intense like stomach pains. So for me, like as so- when I needed to stop restricting myself and actually like experience the negative and really focus on like, oh, like these foods that I love actually don't make me feel good and actually don't make me happy. And when it came from a point of doing what makes me happier versus keeping from me what I love, it was a lot easier to cut things out. Um, And I just try and take baby steps. Like every couple of months, I kind of think about what could I do to be healthier? Like what could I change? Not diet and not restriction, but what could I change to be healthier and to feel better? Um, and it kind of takes like me having like a terrible day where I am sick all day and like laying on the floor in pain for me to be like, okay, like I don't want to do this anymore, but it's been really helpful for me to come at it, not from a weight loss perspective, but from a, what can I do to be happier perspective? 
like with exercise, exercise was becoming like a really draining thing that was bringing me down because I was always missing days and not hitting my numbers and not losing the weight I wanted to lose after pregnancy. So I finally just stopped exercising so that I could like, I just couldn't handle the anxiety and stress. And it was like ruining my day if I couldn't get my exercise in. And I felt fat every day that I didn't exercise. So finally I just stopped exercising and I stopped for like three months. And then after three months, I started kind of like noticing that I felt like I kind of just felt weak or I would try and run and I, and I couldn't go very far walking up the stairs. Like my knees would kind of ache. Like I just kind of felt weak. And when I felt weak, it was the encouragement that I needed to like pursue exercise from a healthy perspective and not from a, I need to change how I look and who I am and become more acceptable and more beautiful and become who I was before I had kids. It just became, I want to exercise so that I can feel better the next day and so that I can not feel weak. Um, So maybe you kind of just need to like take a chill and take a break until he and or you come to a place where you're doing it not to become who you're not, but to become happier. Because it's really like a negative cycle that isn't very fulfilling and isn't very rewarding if you're always like not exercising enough or not exercising hard enough or not eating healthy enough because you're not losing weight. Mm-hmm. And you're all, it's always like, oh, I can't have this or I won't lose weight. So it's all, it's like a very like yucky place to be very yeah. restrictive and not fun. Yeah. In my past, it's dieting always just sucks because you're either you're either failing or doing it really, really well, you know, and there's like a middle ground, which Ashley's saying is like a lifestyle of every day. You're not doing extreme things, but you're just doing something that you can live with and still be happy, but you're not just downing tons of crap all day either, you know? But we joke, like I'll say to Dallin, Dallin, just make a rule and only eat two pieces of pizza. I just can't do that. And he goes, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, pizza is definitely a weak spot for me. No, I know what food addiction is and and like I struggle with it too. It's like your brain just convinces you that, but I need it, you know, but it's mealtime, but I'm really Or hungry. like, I deserve this. So yeah, I deserve this. I need this. And for and some think, reason, my brain thinks I'm going to wither away and die if I don't well, have food. Well, I think it every, stems out of diet culture. I don't know. Maybe. But like... Um, you, so, so we already said you can't control anybody. You can't make someone lose weight if they're not ready. And so like, once you've reached the point, here's what's helped us. We've started a weekly planning where we can schedule in our rocks because everybody would love to just exercise however they want to exercise me. I love the gym. feel so good exercising at the gym, put my headphones on. It's like my solitude time. Mm-hmm. And Ashley hates the gym, but she loves I don't hate, doing... I only hate the gym because of the negative cycles I enter. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm going to try and return to the gym with a positive mindset. That's great. And you like classes or you like having a plan and stuff like that. So like... My thing that helps us so much is weekly planning and then daily planning so that we schedule in these things. So we're both expecting it and we both make time for it. Because if you try to go on a daily basis, there's always going to be things that pop up that keep you from going to exercise or keep you from like planning that healthier meal. So you just just down some unhealthy things really quick and then get going to all these things that have just come up that you have to do. That'll happen every day. And you'll never have time to go to the gym if you don't schedule it in ahead of time. And so if you schedule it in ahead of time, then be your spouse's cheerleader and make space. If something comes up, do your best to like, 
handle it yourself or, or schedule it for later so that you can respect, honor that exercise time and like make it happen because you've scheduled it in and you're not letting things get in the way because you're making it a priority and just basically be your husband's cheerleader there. And then like when he does feel down on himself, definitely don't like tell him what he could have done better. Just listen and, and validate his feelings Mm -hmm. and just be like, Hey, it's okay. Like, let's do this next time. And I got you. And like, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. We're just working on this together. It's a lifetime journey and it's a destination you'll never really arrive at. Yeah. So like, it's just a fitness is like a lifetime journey and we're doing this together. Um, what, as far as you can do, just stop, make sure you got healthy foods around the house and just set out easy snacks. Like I love chewing on carrots. Ashley hates carrots, but like find a snack that, that's but I like love healthier. like grapes and fruit yeah, and stuff. stuff like that. And have them sitting out easily accessible, e- easier than the chips and crackers and processed things. And, and then if, if you can't like not eat a carton of ice cream, if it's in your freezer, like just don't buy a carton of ice cream. But when you want ice cream, go to the store and buy a single serving of ice cream. Yeah. Like if you, if you have like these, like I can't not eat a bag of Doritos if it's in my, <laughs> if it's in my cupboard. So I don't buy bags of Doritos, but if there's Doritos at a party, I don't kill myself for eating some, you know, like I just don't, I know I don't want to eat them because they're not healthy and they're not good for me. And I also know I don't have the self-control to not eat bags and bags of burritos, but I do have the self-control to not buy bags and bags of burritos. So just like give your, do yourself a favor and say no at the store where it's easier to say no than saying no at your pantry where it's really hard to say no. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully that helps. The biggest thing is like planning it in and then honoring that time you've scheduled to exercise and then have easily accessible healthy things. Things like that for me are wheat bread and turkey, like fresh uh, sliced turkey meat from the deli rather than like crappy prepackaged stuff. Mm-hmm. I love getting fresh sliced, like nearly the same price from the deli at Smith's or the whatever grocery store. And then I just throw that on some wheat bread. I love eating that for lunch really quick or just having like cottage cheese and carrot sticks and or sometimes i'll just grab some lunch meat and eat that for a snack just like i love having a bag of that in the fridge so so good and you can get a lot of different flavors too i get the peppered one and like a buffalo chicken one it's just a little bit of like maybe that's not as healthy but it's still really healthy no it's yeah. fine and like you're not um, gonna get fat just, eating buffalo and as soon as that turkey. stuff is gone and like the chicken grilled chicken breast and stuff is gone then i immediately jump to eating whatever garbage for lunch because I'm usually not, I'll have a lot of time to, you know, prepare healthy foods that might be frozen or whatever. So yeah. We don't buy a lot of garbage though. That's kind of our way of being healthy is <laughs> we know we it's, we know we're really good at being healthy and saying no at the grocery store, uh-huh. but we're really bad at saying no when it's in our fridge or in our pantry. Yeah. So that, and then man, plan, 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 come up with a fun schedule that you enjoy together. And it doesn't have to be the gym, go on hikes together, whatever you two love doing individually and together, like schedule those into your weekly plan, have a planner that you use together. That has changed our life recently. Having mm-hmm. a planner where we schedule in our big rocks together. And somehow try and make a mind shift of exercise and eating healthy is a, is something that you do because you love yourself. Not because, not you, because hate you hate yourself. Preach, Josh. Because when you do it because you hate yourself, you just want to never think about it and do it. It just gets really hard and down. Yep. Which is, I think, why a lot of diets fail. It is why a lot of diets fail. 
Okay, good luck, you guys. You got this. Okay, one more. This one is called Restoring Trust. Should we? Okay, hey guys, just want to say I appreciate you all so much and I love you all. So basically, I am in a relationship of four years, not married or engaged yet. My boyfriend has been unfaithful a few times, sometimes more serious than others. We've been going, trying to go on a path of healing. It's been some time now. I just want to trust again, but I'm having such a hard time giving it back. Do you have any advice? Thank you. Love you. God bless. This is complicated. So like if I were your friend, if I knew you, like if all I knew of you was this, which is all I know of you, my gut reaction is to say, I don't know if you can trust him if it's been more than once. Yeah, um, a few times. But I don't know you and I don't know him and I don't know your relationship. And if you believe there's still goodness in it and there's still potential, like you're the expert and you shouldn't listen to anyone else. If you like truly believe that this is a person that you want to be with, maybe even marry. But I don't know how to get from we've had a lot of infidelity issues. And you're not even married yet. Um, I Or engaged. So this is what I would do if it were me. Dallin and I didn't have like this issue. We did have where my trust was hurt, where I thought we were more than we were. Um. And he didn't think we were that much. And he kind of, we were, he was kind of dating two girls. And I thought he was more committed to me. And and he chose the other girl and broke it off with me. And it broke my heart and it broke kind of my trust. And we got married and I loved him. But kind of sitting inside of my heart for years was this kind, this feeling of doubt where I I didn't know if, he really loved me the most and I didn't know if he ever thought about this other girl. It was just like this seed of doubt that just kind of lived there for a long time. And when we were having struggles, it grew. And I would always wonder if he like was wishing he had chose the other girl. That was like our story. But those like, I was always afraid to share those feelings because I didn't want to ruin what we had or I didn't want him to feel hurt that I didn't trust him or I didn't want to be the thing that ruined our relationship. Like I didn't think, I thought my feelings were bad and like it was only when we finally were open about him and like Dallin was kind of like, what, this is still bugging you? Like, and it, I don't know if it, did it make you mad? Were you, what did you feel Dallin? I, I couldn't take it personally because I hurt you. So I was just like, I was sad that it was still bothering you because yeah. I had so moved past it 110%. Uh-huh. Hadn't even thought of her once. I've never even looked her up on any social media ever. Like, And I think it's hard. And it was just like, I was sad that it was still present for you. But I just wanted to reassure you that like, whatever you need, like I'm here for you, boo. Like we're married now. I'm 100% committed to you. Like, let me help you. Right. And I think like, I had kind of been broken by that situation or just like very scarred and da like it's easier for Dallin to get over it because he was kind of the one doing what was best for himself in all the moments. And I was the one just, I was kind of like the victim of that situation and it ended up great and we're like great because of it. And we're so great now, but I would just not be afraid to let him know that you you still have doubts and, and you're having trust issues to be very open about it. And to let him know, like, you're scared it's going to happen again. And 
Yeah, st- uh, tell them how you're feeling because everybody, every couple deserves to know how the other is feeling. I and mean, do, do they deserve that? Or if you want an emotionally intimate relationship, that's how it's built. I'll say it that way. Right, but I would just let those in as long as they last. Don't hold it against him, but just be like, this is really stressing me out right now, whatever, like whatever the situation is, because I'm having these thoughts. Like when you leave, I feel scared that you won't be faithful to me. Just and tell I, them that's the reality of the situation. And I love you and I, and I, I want to trust you and I try and trust you all the time. But when, when X, Y, Z happens, I feel scared. Not, I don't, not you cheated on me and I'm holding that against you. It's just, I feel scared in these situations because yeah. it's happened before and I just can't stop my mind from going there. And could you do X, Y, Z to is help what I me need feel comfort? Our, yeah. Like maybe I need you to call me or maybe I need just a little more reassurance or like some tell me things before you leave that help me know you love me or, or like call me like when you get somewhere and call me when you get home, just to reassure me, assure me, not because I don't love you and not because I, I think you're the uh, low life, but just because I feel scared. Yeah. And uh, like, it's not black and white. I mean, if you don't feel valued at all in the relationship, you don't deserve that. Like, like drop him but like if you feel valued and it was an honest mistake like it's not black and white it's possible to build trust but i would even if somebody cheats but you have to make it known what your needs are in this relationship for it to work for you and And like and then there's no black and white answer like these are the questions you have to ask like why did you cheat how did you decide to to tell me to or keep it secret like would you make a different choice moving forward why or how what has changed like you have to he has to give you something because you deserve love. You deserve to be like to feel valued and cherished in your relationship. Like everybody deserves that. Yeah. And you're not feeling that. Right. How can we be transparent? But the fact that you've been together four years doesn't matter. Like people divorced that have been married for 40 years. Yeah. So like it's uh, what's it called? A sunk cost, you know, in business. You can't get those four years back. It is what it is. You deserve happiness moving forward. You got to get real and like say, this is what I need. Let's get real here. Like, where are you at? This is how I'm feeling whenever you leave. And this is not going to fly in a relationship with me. Can we rebuild this together and like build on top of the foundation of realness and tr- and like transparency and building up that like emotional intimacy because it's gone and that's the only way you're going to get it back. I mean, like Dallin and I have kind of rules in our relationship. Like if I, we're not allowed, we're, it's not like we're allowed to have friends of the opposite gender. Like that's totally fine. But if Dallin meets up with someone who's who's a girl or has lunch with them or even just calls them or messages them on Facebook. That would be so weird for me to go and have lunch with another girl. I'm just saying like you're allowed to do that. But we have the rule, like if something happens, like if one of his high school friends emails him or texts him or messages him, that's fine. He, it's just kind of the rule that he kind of lets me know that it happened. Uh-huh. Like, oh, just so you know, I'm, I'm, I like reconnected with this girl and we've been chatting. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, but it's just kind of like a way that for him to stay safe and a way for me to feel safe, kind of. Like, I'm filled in and he's, and if I, like, I have guy, I had all, mostly guy friends in college. And if I am in a Gmail chat with one of them or like, I just, I'm like, oh, I was talking to David yesterday. Like, this like it's nothing like we're not allowed to but we just kind of keep each other in the loop and i think that really helps us feel secure builds trust for sure because like like i know you want to tell me and i know you will tell me i guess until you don't and if you know and if you didn't that would be kind of like a red flag yeah 
So maybe make some some rules to honor like your guys's relationship um, and just revolve the conversation around your feelings, not around what he did or around how he messed up, but around like I'm that was a really hard thing for me. And I feel scared when this happens or I feel a lot of anxiety or I still feel sad when I think about this. I'd really love to work through it. Yeah. And hopefully that hits him hard and thinks about it and you guys work it out together. And if not, like you deserve to be valued and loved and cherished in your relationship. Right. Like if you can build this into an emotionally intimate, committed, full of trust, like beautiful relationship, like stick with it and work on it. Like no one's perfect and people make mistakes. But if if you're always going to be living with doubt and it's a situation where you can't express your your fears and your concerns and like if if you're in a place where that's not like something that he wants to talk about because it makes him feel bad, then maybe you need to find some help with a therapist or maybe it's not going to work or maybe you just keep your eye on it. To Therapy see. is so awesome, you guys. It has helped me zoom out so like and and think about my own thoughts, think about my own relationships, think about my own life where you get so into your own head. And the only things you know are the only things that you know, you know, right, but like, like having an, an a professional's perspective on your own head is a very unique thing. And it's been so, so relaxing and helpful and insightful to me. And like, it is such a good investment with like, if you have self-pay or your insurance doesn't cover, it, it's like between maybe a hundred to a hundred, like the only, we've only had two different ones. It, our one is a hundred an hour now. And the one after that, or the one before that was 125 an hour. Like it's not cheap, but it's also like the best investment in your life that you could ever make. And, and obviously it's not going to be daily or like weekly forever. Like ours is weekly and we're making it work because of how much it's benefiting us. We see it as an investment in our life. Like you invest in so many other things. Why not invest in like your health mentally and physically? So like it's been so nice. And there are other options too, like better help. Better help is a sponsor on Big Little Life podcast, but I we should tell them about this podcast too because I feel like like so many of you guys would benefit from BetterHelp. But go listen to the the ad that we have on Big Little Life for BetterHelp. There's a like a promo right now where you guys can get a discount on your first two months of of with online professional counseling through like chatting face to face or phone calls or even texts with a professional therapist and that you relate to. So like make that investment and you guys will not regret it. Yeah. I was going to say before we had gone to therapy, like for the two months that we've gone, I wouldn't have been able to express myself like how I'm telling you to like, to make it around your emotions. I would have told you to say things like you broke us. Like you're the one who damaged this. Like you need to be okay with what I am needing from you versus saying like, I feel scared when this happens or I feel alone or like that makes it a way more, welcoming conversation to him then you're the one who cheated you need like you're the one who ruined us you're the one who can't like only be with me like instead of making it so accusatory make it about how you feel and if he loves you like he would feel he want he would want to help if you're feeling scared or if you're feeling anxious and it's not because you're an untrustworthy partner it's because you are trying to heal mm-hmm emotions are the common denominator of 
communicating like across language barriers, either different literal languages or different love languages or different mind maps. Basically, everybody speaks a different language because they're all coming from a different background. So like, but emotions are the same across all humans. And that's how real communication, that's what you boil down to like raw communication is how you're feeling and what you want to do because of how you're feeling as a human freaking being. Okay, guys, that is our podcast today. Please listen to others. If you liked it, please go check us out on Big Little Life. And if you really, really liked it, it really, really helps us if you leave a review. We would so appreciate it. Okay, thank you. We love you. Goodbye.